Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. everybody jj cooper kyle glazer here another baseball america playoff podcast we had a it wasn't a it wasn't a tight knit game three but we had a compelling game three and kyle was there i i I will say that if you're a phillies fan it's a game three that you'll probably remember for a very long time almost from the starting moment of uh, a, a game that was basically a celebration of phillies power uh from the start to the finish, but Kyle, I, I'm not going to talk much because you were there. I was not. I was watching it on my couch. What do you first? What did, I mean? What will be your main overriding memory that comes out of that before we dive into into the uh, the, the minutia of it? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, just how quickly the Phillies seized the advantage and kind of got the party started, right? The very first pitch of the game, Nick Castellanos comes in and makes a sliding catch. That got the fans into it right away. You know, the very next pitch, too, you know, Bryce's dot comes in, you know, makes a nice play, charging it on a chopper for the out. That got the fans going. Then as soon as you get to the first, uh, the bottom of the first inning, Kyle Schwarber working a walk with a really good at bat. Bryce Harper, first pitch he sees in the World Series in Philadelphia absolutely destroys a ball that that was one of the ones that was gone off the bat you knew it some of the other Phillies homers got out by a little bit that one got out by a lot um I mean just right away the Phillies sees the momentum you know we've talked a lot about how this is a team that I mean they're unbeaten at home this postseason and and since Citizens Bank Park opened um, this is a team that doesn't lose at home in the postseason very often and they just right away seized control and command of the game got the crowd into it you know everyone was fired up um it was it was a pretty cool atmosphere and and with their play on the field, I mean, the Phillies just, it, it was remarkable how quickly they just seized the momentum and, and kind of put their foot on the gas. It felt like when the Phillies signed Bryce Harper, if you were just saying, like, if you were as a Phillies fan or you were the Phillies front office trying to envision why you're signing Bryce Harper, I can't imagine, like, if you had a time machine and said, plopped in and said, here's game three, the first game first inning the Phillies at home in the World Series it had been like sign us up this is exactly what we came for and that's they are getting exactly what they came for from Bryce Harper who again as everyone who's listening to this probably remembers had suffered what was feared to be a was a significant injury but there was a fear like okay will Bryce Harper be able to come back from this and be the Bryce Harper that we expect at the plate this year and the answer is yes, yes, he can. Um, so, uh, okay, I've got to ask you, like Lance McCullers, clearly, whatever it was, not a good night for Lance McCullers. But what is your take on why was it that the Phillies were able to, I, I think there were five homers 
It was, yeah, the Phillies hit five home runs off Lance McCullers, uh, tied a World Series record for most home runs in a single game by a team, and Lance McCullers became the first pitcher in World Series history to give up five home runs in a single game. Look, I, I think one of the unfortunate byproducts of uh, social media age and baseball fandom is now anytime a pitcher does really, really well, people immediately, you know, the Twitter sleuths come out and start trying to find those you know, foreign substances. And when a pitcher is doing really, really poorly, they come out and they're trying to find evidence of pitch tipping. And look, there's a lot of screenshots out there. They're very, very, very cherry pick. Lance McCullers' mechanics were not consistent last night on anything he threw in terms of his hand position, his leg raise. He was a little bit all over the place, which is part of the reason why he was just very, very, very off with his location. There were a lot of non-competitive breaking balls that he was throwing. Um, the Phillies had a lot of really, really you know patient takes, worked deep in counts. And then he had a lot of pitches he was leaving over the heart of the plate. I mean, all, all the pitches he threw that were home runs, for the most part, got the big part of the play. If you do that against the Phillies offense, you're going to be in trouble. Uh, you know, after the game, we asked Dusty Baker about, it. he's like, look, we didn't see anything. Lance McCullers talked about, it's like, you know, we, we analyzed it. We didn't see anything. Even the Phillies hitters, you know, kind of talked about it said, Hey, the, you know, it wasn't so much. He was pitch tipping. It's just, we had a really good game plan for him. They were sitting, you know, off speed in the zone. Lance McCullers is a, an off speed, heavy pitcher, a break the ball, heavy pitcher, especially against left-handed hitters. The Phillies knew exactly what to look for. They were waiting on certain pitches, and when they got them, they didn't miss them. Um, just really good game planning, really good execution. Again, Lance McCullers was not tipping his pitches. This was about a pitcher who was not sharp against an offense who was ready to pounce, and they took advantage of it. And that's why you saw the home run barrage you did. I can't say for sure he wasn't tipping just because if he is, if you're the Phillies, the thing that I would say that you do, it's not going to be something obvious. Like, I think we can comfortably say – he was not obviously tipping, but the thing that's great about advanced scouting and all is it can be something very subtle. And if I was the Phillies, if I'm going to face Lance McCullers again in this series, I am not like, I mean, we know we saw Bryce Harper, like, you know, at home on the, on the broadcast, which was fascinating, which was really good audio too. Where it's like, Homer, 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 come here. And he tells him something. And obviously when asked about it, both of them like, that's between us. We're going and, to. And again, I think that's where, I mean, this is something that you do, you know, in Little League. Hey, hey, what does the pitcher have? What am I seeing? You know, it's that, that conversation. And that was something the Phillies talked about a lot, too, where it's like, yeah, Bryce Harper absolutely told Alec Bohm, you know, gave him some information that was useful and helpful. And that's just, that's just, you know, again, part of the process. That's what offenses do. It's what the Phillies and everyone does all year. And, and, and again, the Phillies very clearly, you know, they knew what to look for from Lance McCullers. Again, you know, was there a, a subtle tell? Again, just, the way teams talk about when there's, you know, reading between the lines, when there's a tipping pitches, you can kind of get a sense for it. And that's not what was happening last night when you actually asked the players about it on both sides. It was very, very clear that this was more a product of, hey, we had a really good game plan against this guy. We knew what to look for. We knew what he was trying to do to us. We were ready for it. And the other thing about McCullers is when he is struggling like he did, he is a guy who you can kind of look at quadrants. You don't. He's not a guy who has this massive arsenal of pitches. He throws a number of pitches, but what he's going to do, he's not someone who you have to really worry about, okay, I don't know what's coming next. You, you kind of have a decent idea, and if you get him in counts, if you get him in situations, which the Phillies did in some of these cases, and then he misses hard of the plate, well, you're locked in, perfect situation. Um, but the other thing that stands out about this is, is that 
So I, I did want to ask you about what this means, not just for game three, but going forward. The Phillies, I, I feel like not only did they get this monster win, but the other part of it is, is that it's almost like they did so in a game. They kind of stole one from the standpoint of if you look at how the pitching lines up, if you look at how their bullpen lines up, how huge is it that they to get what they got from Ranger Suarez, but to also be able to use not the dregs of their bullpen, but the guys who you're not exactly going to be bringing in in the eighth inning with the bases loaded, hoping that they can get out of a, a jam. Yeah, I mean, that that's what's so huge about this. I mean, the Phillies' bullpen has now thrown 12 and two-thirds scoreless innings here in the World Series. And Sir Anthony Dominguez is well-rested by this point. Jose Alvarado is well-rested by this point. You know, Zach Eflin, who, who for the most part has been pretty good for them, is well-rested by this point. Um, Suarez was, was great last night. He worked quickly. He, he, you know, just boom, 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 done. Uh, 76 pitches in five innings. There was no drama attached to it. Uh, a lot of quick outs, a lot of ground balls. Didn't allow many balls out of the infield. And, you know, Connor Brogdon has, has pitched well throughout, you know, really this whole, whole postseason. Andrew Blotty has pitched well really throughout this whole postseason. And then you know, even when Kyle Gibson and Nick Nelson are coming in throwing scoreless innings, I mean <laughs> – Everything is clicking for the Phillies right now. Everything is setting up really, really well for them. Uh, we talked about it a few days ago that, you know, game three, you know, game four, these are kind of pivotal turning points for the Astros because this is where, you know, their pitching depth and their starting pitching advantages should show up. You know, the rain delay kind of gave the Phillies a, a chance to reset and kind of mitigate some of those advantages. And right now they're just, they're just out pitching the Astros. Um, I will say Jose Urquidy coming in and cleaning up the final three innings, you know, scoreless. That was big because the Astros then didn't have to burn through a lot of their bullpen arms to, to get through the end of a blowout. But there's no question, if you look at the Phillies right now, they're about as perfectly set up for the rest of the series as they could be at this point. The other thing that stands out with this is, is that we always look at what the postseason per, is kind of a, a trendsetter, I would say, in some ways. When a team wins, other teams look to kind of cop, copy that. If the Phillies do pull this out, I don't know how much this is going to be something that a lot of other teams copy because what they have done here, which is working very well for them, is build a very deep lineup. But they've built a deep lineup because this is something that some teams have a lot more trouble doing is that they've been willing to spend to do so. They have veteran hitters in this lineup who it is more expensive to build a lineup, uh, build a team, build an uh, position players where you say we're going to emphasize our ability to mash than it is to say we're going to find guys who can really defend now nick castellanos is becoming somehow like a uh, an outfielder who makes a diving catch every every game but this is not a a defense oriented phillies uh you know one through nine but i, I look at this and what you said they're they're both they're the pitching is the surprising component for me the fact that the Astros are not having the innings that you expect. The Astros is a very deep lineup as well. They're not having the at-bats. They're not having the innings that you expect them to have. I, I guess I can't say that I'm as shocked that the Phillies are proving that they can score against about anybody because when you look at this lineup, there are a whole lot of guys in this lineup where you go, yeah, they can hit against most anybody. Yeah, and I think it's interesting too because you know we talk about the depth of this Astros lineup, but you kind of put – side by side their lineup last night versus the Phillies lineup. And really you see the difference at the bottom of the order. Um, the Phillies, you know, 
their bottom of their order, you know, Bryson Stott, Gene Segura, Brandon Marsh. I mean, that's two guys who are highly touted prospects who have shown the ability to hit and Gene Segura, who's been, you know, one of the better hitting middle infielders in baseball for the last five years. The Astros side is David Hensley, Chaz McCormick, and, and Martin Maldonado. You know, Hensley's barely played the majors, and McCormick and Maldonado are certainly not offensive weapons, though McCormick's had some nice, uh, nice, you know, hits and, and homers this postseason. Um, you know, it's interesting. I mean, you look at it, the Phillies offense right now, as currently constructed, is deeper than the Astros offense. And they're hitting better. You know, Jordan Alvarez has not been hitting well since game two of, of the ALDS. And um, I was talking to a scout for the piece I did before the World Series, and um, this didn't make the final cut, but he was talking about, like, you know, you can get Jordan Alvarez out right now. He's not swinging the bat well. I mean, this, he's not the threat he normally is. And, you know, you the way you approach the Astros is you game plan to not let Alvarez and Bregman really hurt you because some of the other guys can be a little bit free swinging. Tucker less so, but Guriel, Pena, uh, Maldonado, et cetera. And with Alvarez not really being a factor right now, it, it makes it a little bit easier to navigate this Astros lineup at the top. And again, the bottom has those off ramps. So, I mean, they're, they're not playing well. Um, you know, they're not getting the contributions they need from the guys they need to. And, and, and on the pitching side, that's especially been trimming Justin Verlander, Lance McCullers, both have not been sharp. And, and, you know, part of the reason for that is you could argue at least that, that they were left in too long. We're going to cover that, and then we're going to look ahead to what the Astros have to do if they're going to bring the series back to Houston, but right after this quick message. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. What I love about using Indeed is how it does a lot of that organizational work for me. I can sort through candidates. I can respond to them. I can schedule interviews all through Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses, including Baseball America, that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're back. So, Kyle, like you touched on it before the break, Lance McCullers probably kept in that game a little bit longer than, than he should have been. Um, he did have a stretch of effectiveness kind of after that rough early patch, but then it, it kind of fell apart on him again. Wasn't going to affect the final outcome of that game because, again, as we said before, it doesn't really matter. If you don't score any runs, you're not going to come back from a 5-0 lead or a you know or a 3 or a 7 or whatever it is. But what does that mean both for that game but also for the Astros and the rest of this series? What are you looking for? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's tough, right? Because, look, he goes out, uh, Lance McCullers, and gives up three homers in the first nine batters. Um, Obviously not ideal. I I did wonder at that point, are they going to come get him? And they didn't. And and for a brief moment, it actually worked. Lance McCullers settled in. He retired eight straight after uh, after that tough early stretch and, and, you know, took them into the fifth inning, you know, holding the line. Um, you know, Brandon Marsh, you know, it's a bloop single, you know, Dusty Baker, you know, made the point that, okay, you know, a bloop single after he's been pitching super well, we're, we're not going to pull him at that moment, you know, like, but again, given the success the Phillies have had off of Lance McCullers, um, you know, third time through the order, how well they're going, uh, you know, right, left matchup with Kyle Schwarber coming up. I, I think you certainly um, can make an argument that that you pull him there after the March single. But especially after Schwarber's homer, to then leave him in to face Hoskins too, that was the one that's like, what are we doing? That that was, you know, and again, I just, you know, Dusty Baker is, is a fantastic manager, one of the best in baseball and has a long track record of success. You know, the, the knock on him fairly has been, leaving his starting pitchers in too long in postseason games. And again, it's 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 a tricky balance, right? We we talk a lot about managers pulling guys too early and other times managers leaving guys in too long. It's really easy in hindsight a lot of times. But but this was one even as it was unfolding, you questioned him leaving McCullers in to face Schwarber and you definitely were like, what is happening when he was still in there to face Hoskins? That just made no sense at all. Especially when they have a bullpen. We saw Ryan Stanek who at times has been kind of the forgotten member of the Astros bullpen, who, by the way, is was really good this year. Like, they have arms. It's not something – there is not really even more so than the Phillies. Yes, the Phillies have been getting very effective outings from Bellotti and Brogdon and take your pick. But in the Astros' case, they almost have – with their bullpen, we saw it in the in the Seattle series they almost can't run out of arms. Like they have guys in that pen who, if you said, you know what? He doesn't have it today. Hey, Hunter Brown, here you go. Well, Hunter Brown can give you four innings in that outing if you need him to. And Hunter Brown was getting, getting, getting loose early in the game. I thought there was a point where they were going to bring him in there. Um, Yeah. I mean, again, that's, that's, that's the issue here too, right? This isn't a situation where this is a team that is short of bullpen arms. They have so many weapons. They have guys that can give you length. They have guys that can, you know, blow it out for an inning. And that's where, especially when it was clear early that Lance McCullers just did not, did not have it, did not have his command, um, you know, was not pitching effectively at all. 
it, it was it was a definitely um, a surprising decision to see him still in there again it worked for a little bit but once you got into that fifth inning the third time through the order that's where it starts getting more questionable and and also to a point to the point of, of game one you know Verlander very clearly you could see it unfolding in real time that you know the Phillies were on his stuff and, and there was a point there where you say hey maybe it's time to get him out here and they didn't and, and there's something to be said for he's your ace you ride him you believe in him you trust him but you also have to kind of react to what you're seeing unfold in real time. And, um, you know, twice in three games now, Dusty Baker and the Astros have been a little late to, to respond. Obviously, this series is not even close to being over here. It is 2-1. There are a lot of games still to be played. But, Kyle, I'll just kind of ask you, like, where do you see, what are you looking for today in game four? And obviously, this makes this game bigger and bigger if you're an Astro because you do have Christian Javier. The Astros don't don't really have a, a pitcher who you're going to send out as a starter who you're like, oh, we don't have a chance today. They have they have the depth there. But Javier versus Nola today, what what are you looking for? And what are you looking for kind of kind of keep on eye on for today and what it means for the rest of the series? Yeah, I mean, I'm really going to be looking at Aaron Nola. Um, you know, he had two good starts to start off this postseason. Uh, you know, start the wild card series against the Cardinals, six and two thirds scoreless. Uh, division series against the Braves, six innings, one run. It was unearned, but it was great. His last two starts have not been good. The Potters took it to him uh, at game two of the NLCS, and, and his World Series start in game one against the Astros was, was pretty ugly. Um, four and a third, six hits, five runs. So, I want to see what adjustments he's made. Um, clearly, the Astros were right on him already in game one. And, you know, I'm going to be really curious to see just what he's able to do against them here. Second time seeing them uh, in less than a week tonight. And then Christian Javier, again, we talk about this Astros, you know, pitching depth and how how good they are and how many arms they can throw at you. They just haven't been very good. I mean, aside from Framber Valdez, the Astros' arms, both of the rotation and the bullpen, have not been great this series so far. It's only three games. Um, again, Javier threw really, really well in his uh, start against the Yankees in the ALCS, and you know it's nice to see him coming in off a good start there. But um, it's kind of time for the Astros' pitchers to to step up. We've talked a lot about them, how dominant they are, their stuff, their command, their everything. You know, by and large, on the whole, they they have not delivered so far, and. Um, that's that's part of the reason why they're down two one again. Give credit to the Phillies' offense. I don't want to sit here and say it's solely a function of, of the Astros' failures. It's a lot of the Phillies' successes. This is a really good offense, as we've talked about over and over and over. Um, but but it, it's time for the Astros to step up. It's time for their pitching depth to step up, and you know we'll see what Christian Javier can give them tonight. It this is going to be a game again. It's the World Series. It's going to be fascinating, kind of almost no, what, no matter what happens. But at the same time, you're going to have. I'll be interested tonight to see. I, I do feel like what you touched on, the Phillies jumping out like they did last night, just allowed the crowd also to be a factor throughout that game. You, if you're the Astros, what you really want to do is figure out a way to kind of calm everything down because. If Harper or Schwarber or Castellanos or Hoskins or Bohm or take your pick, got you know, it's a home run early tonight. You're basically going to Houston. You are invited to a three to four hour long party where you're the guest, but they're really not very hospitable. Um, 
it's going to be difficult. Emotion is a part of the postseason, the, the pressure of a World Series game. Tonight, if you're the Astros, getting an early lead that it's not going to completely kind of calm everything down, but something that basically allows you, if you're the Astros, to kind of say, okay, let's just keep building, let's do what we do. I think that's crucial tonight because we saw it last night. The alternative is not a particularly enjoyable one if you're a visiting team in Philly. Is that fair? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you have to do what you can to take the crowd out of it early. Now, again, even if you do that, there's no guarantees, right? Go back to the NLCS. The Padres did that jumping on the Phillies, you know, for nothing in uh, in game four. And then the Phillies came back and won anyway. Um, you know, game five again. Um, Padres take a lead, you know, kind of, you know, fashion that that definitely took the wind out of the Philly sales a little bit game five. And then they come back and Bryce Harper hits hits a home run to essentially send them to the World Series. Um, and the crowd got right back into it. So it's very, very hard to keep this offense down and very, very hard to keep this crowd out of it for long, because even when the team's down, all it takes is a little crumble of hope and they go from zero to uh, to 60 very, very fast. But there's no question if you're the Astros. Getting an early lead for just purely baseball strategy purposes, yeah, of course, that's what you want to have happen. But um, particularly in this atmosphere, doing what you can to take the crowd out of it early is certainly something you you want to accomplish. Because again, when it when they get rolling, uh, the Phillies feed off it. They're they're it, it it's it's pretty crazy. That's what I'll kind of end this with. The other thing I'll say is you're just watching this because again you're a baseball fan. It's the World Series. I raise my hand here. I'm not a Phillies fan or an Astros fan. It's really enjoyable to watch what this this team, this is an enjoyable Phillies team to watch, but to watch kind of this Phillies team and this Phillies fan base, the, the, the synergy, the connection that is there, especially Bryce Harper, who, who is, didn't come up a Philly, but is a long-term Philly and, this is kind of cementing his status as as one of the great Phillies of all time. That's important. That is something that that does kind of have it resonates far beyond just 2022. It'll be very fun to watch again tonight. Kyle will be there for us. We'll have stuff up again at baseballamerica.com, and we will be back again to discuss it after Game Four. For Kyle, I'm JJ. So long, everybody. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.